Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> BFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. I do a lot of prep and a lot of thinking about interviews. When we have interviews on the show, I do a lot of thinking about it. You know, Bo Nix coming on the show, right? I, I was like, look, uh, what do people want to know about him? Who is he? What's his favorite class? What does he do that isn't related to football? How comfortable is he right now in the Oregon offense? What has he learned over the years? What did he learn in week one against Georgia that he can take with him for the rest of the season? What about Kenny Dillingham, his offensive coordinator? How's he feeling uh, about that? You know, stuff like that. Favorite food? Does he binge watch anything? What does he think of Washington State, this week's opponent? I, I start prepping, and then I turn to Anna, my wife, and I say, What, do you, what, what would you want to know about Bo Nix? And she says, I want to know what a southern wedding is like. Bo Nix got married. Got married in Alabama. So we're going to start right there. I, I imagine bow ties and a lot of tradition at a southern wedding. Bo Nix, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it a lot. All right. Give us, give us a scouting report on a, on a southern wedding. Like, a lot of us haven't been to one. You've been in one. Like, what is that like? Yeah, well, uh, for starters... Um, it's all about what the wife wants. Um, so she gets to pick out the venue. Um, obviously, she picks out everything that goes on. And so for me, um, Izzy was very um, easygoing, but at the same time, she wanted to have um, quite a few unique things at, at the wedding. And then her mom and dad did a great job of um, kind of putting the wedding on. And then obviously, my mom helped a little bit. But for me, it was all about just kind of staying out of the way and just showing up, uh, you know. Love that. It's like having a great running back. You know, you hand the ball off. Exactly and, right. <laughs> you let it happen. They do, yep, they do the work for you. Uh, like, give us an idea. Like, you know, you've you've been in the college game now for a few years. You you probably knew Oregon from a distance. Certainly, uh, we all watched you in that game uh, years ago when you were playing at Auburn. But, you know, when you decided to come to Oregon, you know, your, your expectations or – what you thought the experience would be like, you know, you, you came, you traveled a long way, I guess is what I'm getting at. And, and so what were you thinking when you, when you picked Oregon? Yeah, well, obviously Oregon kind of brands itself. Um, growing up since um, like for a long time, they've been um, really at the top of college football and have kind of stayed there and been very consistent at the top. And so um, that's been very impressive to me. And obviously, in the South, you see a lot of Oregon T-shirts, even though they're all the way out here. Um, everybody knows exactly what Oregon is and um, who they are, the brand that they've become. Um, so just as coming out here, I knew um, just the, the national-type um, face it had, and so I was just excited to be a part of it. And, um, now after playing a few games and being around, it's, it's definitely what everybody talks about. You looked really comfortable in the offense against BYU, and it looked like you, I, I felt like you were just comfortable. Maybe the game's slowing down a little bit, but what, you tell me, what was it like 
being out there on the field, maybe in, in a week three game like that and, and having so much going right and clicking? Yeah, it was, uh, um, I mean, just a really good day for our offense. I, I think when you look at our offensive line um, and you see the kind of experience that they have and if you've watched them the past few weeks, you see the amount of time that I'm able able to have back there. And then, obviously, they contribute to the running game and, and our running backs have done a really good job of um, kind of setting the tone in the running game, which allows the passing game to open up. There's a lot of um, windows out there when the, the defense has to load the box for the running game. So um, just from a whole, I think everybody's been pretty comfortable um, the past few weeks. I think it's it's shown, obviously, with um, the amount of times we're able to get in the end zone. Um, and then it's just kind of shown our confidence. And um, we've been playing very well together, and um, I'm just excited to – to be a part of it, and I'm looking forward to see the guys moving forward. We all we all try to learn from week to week, year to year. What did you learn in week one that you could carry with you for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think um, really the main thing that I got out of the Georgia game um, with, even though it was a familiar opponent, it was a new team, so I really got to see a lot about my guys in the huddle and, and what – um, they were like when things got tough, and they responded extremely well. Um, even though the outcome wasn't what anybody wanted, um, Oregon was a really good team, and I felt like the um, the guys um, like in our huddle, they, they had um, competition in their face. They they were excited to, to keep going and keep pushing. Nobody gave up. Um, it wasn't really too big for anybody, and so moving forward, that was um, extremely important because obviously we got a few new guys, a few guys that are just playing and starting for the first time. And so um, a lot of newness, and it's tough to um, play that kind of opponent in the first week with a new coach and a new system. So um, just their response over that first game um, uh, was just really important for us. Obviously, we needed to respond very well. And the past few weeks, we have been able to do that. Now, obviously, the, the season's still still long, still have a long way to go. Um, and we're still going to put the put the work in, but there's just a response that kind of stuck out to me and what I learned from our team. We're talking to Bo Nix, University of Oregon quarterback. You've got a, uh, a new coordinator to Oregon, young guy, Kenny Dillingham. You're working closely with him. Give us an idea of kind of the offensive complexity in a Dillingham system and how, how different is that than maybe what you had in Auburn and what you've seen in other places? Yeah, he does a good job of um, having quite a few plays, but uh, he's very transparent, very easy to learn. Um, and so just from that point of view, when you when you come in and start um, kind of putting in a new offense, it's important for the guys to understand it because um, it doesn't really matter what the coaches know. It, it all matters what the players know when they're out on the field that they can execute. Um, and that's what he's very um, – I mean, he communicates that with us. He's, he's all about us understanding the system. Um, he made it really easy for us to learn. Um, we can get in like a lot of different looks, a lot of different formations, um, and and run very much of the similar type plays. Um, and so the plays don't necessarily change a lot. So good thing about our offense is it all kind of it makes sense and it's it's a, all a part of a bigger picture. And so when when the guys just learn that and understand that, um, it's not necessarily too difficult to learn. Um, but it allows us to play very multiple um, and, and put defenses in a difficult position. You know, I talk to offensive linemen and I'll say, you know, what play call comes in that you love? And they generally will pick a run play. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a QB, do you have a favorite play right now that when you hear it called, 
you're like, okay, yeah, I like this play. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, the way we're at the rate we're going, all of them, um, the past few weeks, I've really, um, obviously, we've all kind of been um, like in sync and we've really enjoyed, um, I guess, the play that's called because we've executed at a high level um, as a unit. And um, for me, um, obviously, when you game plan and when you understand the defense, obviously, there's some things that I see and, and that coach sees that we've talked about throughout the week that hey, when we call this, this is what we're thinking and um, this is what we're going to get. And so sure enough, as soon as we call it, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Um, so most of the way it's a play-action pass, whether it's a quick game, um, regardless of the play, it, it could even be a run that we've discussed that we talked about could be open. Um, so it kind of depends per week, um, my favorite play. But um, one thing that I really enjoy is uh, kind of getting out of the pocket using – um, my arm and my legs to, to kind of make the whatever the defense is going to give me um, just allows me to have options. We're talking to Bo Nix, University of Oregon QB. Are you a reader? Do you play a musical instrument? Do you play video games? Do you binge watch Netflix? What do you do that's not related to football? That's a really good question. Um, unfortunately, I do not have a musical talent. Um, was not blessed with one of those. Did not learn anything growing up. So, um <laughs> kind of nobody in my family is so so none of us are really musicians um but we all enjoy sports and and i think that if i'm not at football um i enjoy just hanging out with with family um obviously being around my my wife and um just kind of being like having some time to myself and, and just hanging out um and not necessarily doing a whole lot um, but i just enjoy um, the calmness and the quietness when I get home. Um, but if I do enjoy kind of sitting, sitting down and, and reading my Bible and obviously um, studying some different things in, in Scripture, but, um, I mean, it, I'm, I'm a very simple guy. And to be honest with you, it's tough to say something other than football because of how much time I spend at football and how much I'm always constantly doing it. Does your wife play a sport? Like, if you can you guys go out and play pickleball, or can you, you know, do you do you do anything competitive with each other yeah. that way? Yeah, well, I'll say this: we uh, it was more when we were dating and when we were engaged when we um, had more. Um, obviously, we'd been at Auburn for a while, so we had kind of a bigger friend group, um, and she had a lot more um, kind of associates that that was her age and, and friends. So we would go out and play spike ball. And her and I are pretty good spike ball partners. Um, but pickleball is also fun. Um, we, I don't know if we've necessarily played it together, um, so I don't know how good she'd be at it. But she was a um, a, a gymnast coming out of high school, um, and so she was pretty talented at that. And unfortunately, she she got um, went through a few injuries that kind of put her out of gymnastics. But when she got to Auburn, she became a cheerleader. So it's pretty tough to go from gymnastics to cheerleading after not ever doing cheer. So she's a pretty good athlete herself. Does it, did it give you a new respect for cheer? Because you're watching, like, the hours put in and the competitions. And, you know, do you, you know, like, you know, I know if you have, like, I have a niece who's a cheerleader, and I, all of a sudden I had, had a newfound appreciation for what was going on when they were stunting and, you know, mm -hmm. flying in the air and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's all that kind of stuff is really unique and incredible how, how much time they do put into it. But I tell you, just from being around it, I think I've grown um, more of a respect for gymnastics. I, I think I didn't realize how difficult that was until I started hearing some stories and hearing some of the things she can do and um, kind of still doing it, even though she's been out of it for about 
four or five years now. So um, that's been really impressive, and, and I definitely have more respect um, for gymnasts out there. Bo Nix is our guest, Oregon quarterback. You're going to go to Washington State. You know, What do you see on film defensively, defensively from Washington State right now? Well, they do a good job um, with their scheme. I think they're very well coached, and they have some talent to back it up. And I think that they play really hard. Um, you can see that on video. Um, and obviously with their 3-0 start, they're going to have a lot of confidence going in the game, and as they should. I think they're a good defense, um, probably top in the, in the country. Um, so it's going to present a challenge for us. And, and all we have to do is just stick to our game plan and make sure we are – um, focused on that and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and doing our job and not turning the ball over. And, and I feel confident that we'll move the ball on a very tough defense. You know, we talk about environments and people are going to ask you, they probably already have, you know, do you know what Pullman, Washington is like? And I got to think that a guy who played in the SEC is going, you know what, uh, I've seen some environments. Did that help you? Does that help prepare you for stuff that you'll see down the road? Because you're not going to see – stadiums in the Pac-12 that are going to hold the unhinged SEC fan capacity that you see in the SEC? Right. I mean, just I can go back to when I'm a freshman. I played neutral side against Oregon, which was a very loud, hostile environment. I played at A&M, at Florida, at LSU. Um, and so there's just been a lot of unique games that I've been able to be a part of, and I think they have kind of allowed me to understand the, the environment and what it's like to play on, on the road. And, and after that, um, you know, I played at um, Penn State and at Alabama and at Georgia. And so there's just been a lot of unique and awesome stadiums that I've been able to play at, um, which just as, as when you get my age and, and as much experience as I have allows me to understand what it's like to go in and play um, in a hostile environment. And so I've already kind of been there and, and had to go through that so I understand what it's like so it now won't be shocking um, and I expect a good hostile environment and that's kind of fun for a road game I think that's what part of college football is so much fun is when you get to do things like that so I'm really excited about it you know I was uh, looking at kind of where you went to high school in Birmingham Alabama Pinson Valley High School in there in Birmingham do, do you miss the food from from home like you get out in your gene you probably don't have the same food that you had in high school well, I'll tell you what I miss. I miss uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, that's one thing that, that we don't have here in Eugene that I wish we did. Um, but thank goodness for Chipotle. <laughs> I wouldn't be eating a lot of the same type of food. But honestly, um, especially now that we've gotten into the season, we I mean, we eat so much around the complex and stuff to where um, hardly ever even go out. And then when I make my own food, it's kind of what I enjoy, and so it's not um, too much different. But at the same time, as, as much as the differences are, there's some, um, I mean, some really good different, um, like, culture food I hear that's really good, you know. Um, I've tried Hawaiian food for the first time, being out in Eugene, there's quite a few Hawaiian places, um, and so just kind of that uh, Pacific Northwest food that, that's really good that we don't have in the South. You looked, you looked really comfortable last week, as I said, against BYU, and and, you know, I know that players will say they don't hear the noise. You, you must have heard some noise after the Georgia game, but you, you for w- whatever reason, you showed some resilience, you showed some metal. I felt like, you know, I, I wrote this and I said this to people in the press box. I said, he looks comfortable. Did you feel comfortable? Absolutely. Um, and our offense, our 
offensive line really allowed me to feel comfortable. Um, started running the ball, and then um, after that, we were just to take some shots. And then I felt like the whole game we were in control. When you do that, when you play that well on defense, um, it just gives a lot of breathing breathing room for for your offense. Um, so I, I was comfortable, and I really did um, feel in control. And as a quarterback, that's all you want. Um, and, and it's just really good when you feel that way as a quarterback. Give me an idea. You, you, you probably have your class schedule for the, for the term. Uh, what class are you most looking forward to, to taking in school? Well, you know, thank goodness um, I, I'm a graduate, so I have um, not necessarily an, an easy task, but it's much easier than that is if I was trying to graduate. So trying mm-hmm. to graduate in three years was tough from Auburn because you had to cram a lot of different classes in, in at one time, and so a lot of summer school, um, a lot of classes during the season. So, so now I'm actually able to kind of sit back and take a breather from that um, and, and take just a few classes to stay eligible. And obviously um, from a school point of view, just from, from eligibility purposes, is um, you have to take those requirements. And, and I won't be in college long enough to get another degree, so it's mm-hmm. really – an undecided degree, so I'm taking kind of random classes um, to stay eligible and, and to learn new things. Um, and so I'm honestly not taking too many um, unique and cool classes um, at this point, but um, in my time at Auburn, I definitely did. I graduated from communications with a communications major with a minor in sports coaching, so I took quite a few classes um, about people and, and how do you communicate with people, and that's kind of helped me on the football field because not everybody communicates the same way. We had Oregon State defensive back Jaden Grant on last hour, and he's in a similar situation. He's got a few degrees. You know, he doesn't really need the classes. He, he's taken yoga, and he said that's his only yeah. in-person class. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, you live it up, man, because – Life will only get more serious. Are you doing anything like yoga? Are you doing something like that? Well, I, I'd love, like, obviously, in my position, yoga is the type of class that you kind of look for. Um, but with my situation, I was able to find some things where I didn't have to take it because we do some yoga and some um, performance stuff as a team and with strength and conditioning programs. So I don't have to necessarily go and spend time doing it. But um, from that being said, um, it was yoga was a class that I was definitely looking looking at taking. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Bo Nix, good luck to you this weekend. We love having you on. Get to know you a little bit. You you look good. You look comfortable out there. Keep having fun. Enjoy this. This is this is supposed to be the time of your life. Remember to have some fun out there. That's right. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. You bet. There's Bo Nix, University of Oregon quarterback. I want your reaction to that interview. I've got some takeaways, some things I want to talk to you about, but I want your reaction as a listener. 503-417-7575. Tell me, if you were going to tell someone else about that interview, what would you tell them? Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Bo Nix wants a Chick-fil-A. The Chick-fil-A here. <laughs> Weirder things have happened. Weirder things have happened. Jaden Grant started talking about Jamba Juice. Next thing you know, they got a drink named after him at Jamba. Uh, what was your reaction to the Bo Nix interview? I want it at 503-417-7575. Anna's popped into the studio. Um, Anna, you want to go first? You go ahead. 
Is there no Chick-fil-A in Eugene? No Chick-fil-A in Eugene. I looked uh. it up. <laughs> there's there's one in Beaverton, Clackamas, Medford, Gresham, Bend, Kaiser. Hillsboro has Hillsboro has two. Okay. Beaverton has two. Beaverton has two. There you go. No Eugene. You can see what's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to say like some down-home restaurant in the country kitchen in Birmingham, you know, like, but nope, he wants Chick-fil-A. Uh, what else you got? I He just seems like a really nice kid. Like, he just seems like really wholesome. I liked hearing about, you know, his attitude regarding the wedding that uh, he experienced yeah. over the summer. And, and there's just He nothing... got out of the way. He said, I get, I got yeah. out of the way. Yeah, there's there's really not much not to like. And, you know, I, I actually think it's interesting, too, that he's just really open about talking about his faith. Like, yeah. I, you know, like we, if you look at his Instagram profile, like he's got a Bible verse there that obviously matters to him, too. So, Stephen, Sean, what'd you think? Yeah, he seemed really comfortable. Right. And I don't know if that's just a direct correlation for on the field, but he seemed comfortable in himself. Um, you know, you brought up the fact, you know, people were kind of called for Ty Thompson. And he just kind of brushes it off like, no, not a big deal. Uh, yeah, he seemed really down to earth as well. So that that was my real takeaway is like he didn't seem like he was very arrogant at all, which, you know, I didn't expect him to be. But it was almost even more uh, humble than I thought he'd be. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just from everything I've gotten from Bo Nix, it feels like he's kind of on a business trip here in Eugene, you know, whether mm. it's for one year, whether it's for two years. But his life really, it feels like his life is really in uh, the South and Alabama. And, you know, he comes all the way over to Oregon. It's an uncomfortable move. and um, But it's, it's all football for him, which I, you know, you can definitely appreciate if you're a Duck fan. And it seems like things are starting to click. And, um, again, you know, like uh, Stephen mentioned, he he's felt he's faced a lot of criticism uh, in his three years at Auburn, and you know in his one game against Georgia, but it doesn't seem to phase him which really much, which is super admirable. It's interesting that um, you know first of all he had quite a few ums in there, you know he yeah as I say you know um, <laughs> so do I <laughs> yeah but he had quite a few ums in there. I it jumped out at me, so I thought he was a little bit nervous. I know he hasn't done a lot of interviews, and so he's kind of remained um, under the radar a little bit, uh, even though he's the starting quarterback at Oregon. So I think he has shied away from doing some interviews, but I, I think the bigger thing for me was I think he, you know, he gave credit to his offensive line a couple times. I think he has, he's been in college football long enough that he knows, like, hey, as the quarterback, i got to build people up around me. When I asked him his favorite play call, I actually think he wanted to say he likes running with the football out of the pocket. Like, he likes that freelancing. Mm -hmm. But he took a long time to get there. He started talking about, you know, every play call and this and that. And then he finally got to, well, you know what, I, I also like being out of the pocket. I think he really just likes being out of the pocket. I think, And he looks comfortable there when he's mm -hmm. running with the ball. But um, that Georgia game in week one, that game could have broke somebody. Like, the wrong person who was not ready for that stage – it could have defeated you. It could have cost you more than just that game. We've seen quarterbacks in college football who have a game like that, and you never hear from them again. And they just sort of disappear, and then they're transferring three weeks later. I, I kind of like that he has bounced back, and he's bounced back in a big way. And, and the game against – look, we can talk all we want about, you know, the, the inferior teams that Oregon plays, but the game against BYU, that's a good BYU defense. And Kalani Sataki, his game plan was – designed to cause Bo Nix to be uncomfortable. And Bo Nix looked very comfortable in that game. And I, I think that, 
to me, my big takeaway was that. And then he was a little shy about, you know how Jaden Grant was was really open about saying he really doesn't have any classes to take, so he's just taking yoga? It's his only in-person class. How about that? Wow. What kind of life is I, that? I didn't know that. I didn't catch that. He really? only has to take nine credits to be yeah. eligible. Oh, wow. So he's taking yoga, and then I'm sure the rest of his classes would all make us roll our eyes. You know, like, <laughs> yoga is the hardest class he's taking. When I asked Bo Nix the same question, listener, you know what I you, what you were thinking. I know what I was thinking. These these two guys are living the life. They're on scholarship. They're playing football. They got no hard classes. You know, yeah. Bo Nix wouldn't even tell us his hardest class because it was so easy. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm a Duck fan, I like that because guess what? He gets to just focus on the football. It's damn near professional football. You know, not yep. a lot of distractions there. I remember I played. You like I played community college football after high school, and it was a racket too. Like the community college I went to was big time community college in the Bay Area, and they had me take a class that was called sports officiating. Okay, <laughs> I was playing football and baseball, and I took sports officiating. And I said the teacher happened to be the offensive coordinator for the football team. I said, "When when does this class meet?" And he says, "It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but Monday and Wednesday are optional, and I don't care if you blow off Friday." <laughs> I never went to it. I got an A. Imagine that. I think there's some of that going on maybe with some of these college kids. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Is he so is he headed to the pros? Will he will he make it as a pro? I think he'll get like at this point he's got to do more to get drafted. Mhm. Okay, he's got to do more. But I think he is a guy that would get an invitation to a camp as an undrafted free agent now. But that's why he's at Oregon. He's trying to play his way into the draft at Oregon. Steven, Sean, you see him as a draftable player yet? Not yet, but he does have a big arm, and you know, you talk about him getting out of the pocket. Like he is athletic, right? You know, you, you would always say he's sneaky athletic because he's white, but like he's a really good athlete. So he's got the big arm. He's got a good good athleticism. I think there's a shot there. Uh, he just hasn't ever put it all together on the field, which I think doesn't necessarily matter to some NFL scouts. It's more about the combine. It's more about your you know what you can bench, what you can run, and how hard you can throw, and they can figure out the rest later. So I think there's a shot for him. Um, I, I, I wouldn't draft him now, but he seems like, you know, if he has another good year, keeps it going, he could be there. Yeah, and, no, he yeah. clearly has all the tools. He was one of the top quarterbacks. He was a five-star recruit coming out of uh, coming out of high school, and I think he could benefit from not only this season, but he's got that other year of eligibility. Uh, I could really see him coming back and you know continuing to uh, to thrive under Lanning and Dillingham, and maybe being a good draft prospect after next season. He goes to Auburn out of high school. He was the number twenty-nine overall player in his recruiting class nationally, five-star recruit. He gets Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, and Florida all offer him scholarships. He chooses Auburn, and he struggles there, and he ends up getting benched. He decides to transfer to Oregon, and he gets reunited with Kenny Dillingham, who was with him when he was freshman of the year at, at Auburn in 2019. So he's getting another opportunity here, and... He's got the arm, as Stephen pointed out. He's got the feet. I think what we need to see is just the consistency because the knock on Bo Nix right now is that he's inconsistent. You get, you know, Mr. Hot mess, and then you get really settled down. This week is a really good opportunity for Bo Nix to show people that he has settled down. I think the, the week one performance against Georgia, it's really hard to grade him in that week because I think it's – I think it's a little bit unfair, given given what was happening on the field. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. And Don't you think some of that is the exaggeration of like overreacting fans too, though? It is, but he was running for his life back there. It looked like Tech Mobile, where you just kind of run backwards and go back and forth until you throw the ball. It was it was bad. But it, go, it goes to his mental toughness, right? Like to bounce back from that, you know, because it was a bad outing, right? Like he didn't yeah. play well, but it was also a tough matchup. But he's bounced back. He's had a couple good games now, so you know, I think it's a credit to the Oregon coaching staff for showing the faith in him. And, yeah. Whoa, what's going on there? I don't know. Oh, oh, it's oh. Anna's phone. Sorry. Anna, you're on a live radio show. I'm sorry. It threw me out. It, you know what's funny? Steven, you heard it. I heard it. I don't know. What did you do? Did you, because you're operating a board, you probably looked at everything in front of you. I did. I kind of just looked around like, yeah. uh, is my computer on or something? Or I on? did you the same what? thing. I looked at all of the computers in front of me, and then I looked over at Anna. She's oblivious. She's like a woman <laughs> who's sitting on the subway. And Instagram's open on her phone. It's just I was looking at his. It was an Instagram video yeah. on his account that had some background music on yeah. it. And My apologies. To look on your face. Like <laughs> oblivious. Just total no, bewilderment. Just, uh, you're just like in another, like it wasn't even, you weren't even hearing it. And I'm a deer in the headlights just yeah. like worried. I was too. My, I was looking around. I, look, I, have, I have three devices in front of me, two full computer screens. I looked at both of them. I'm looking at the volume levels on both machines. Lo and behold, here's Anna. Yeah. Just kind of perusing her social media <laughs> I'm account. I'm just the, the true broadcasting pro over this here. This is part of what's wrong with our society, Anna. What's wrong? Oh, yeah? People wandering around like, the, you know, the, yeah. this is all that matters. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Just call me the mascot for everything that's wrong with society. Oh, uh, we got some. I'll take it. I'll tell I'll you. Take it. Guys, I want to tell you a story about something we got in the mail today. I'll tell it in the next segment. Anna's not going to like this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth to interrupt Truth. the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.